Welcome back to another episode of the Genius for Geek Podcast. This is your host, Charlie Radio Williams. And this is Sean Luke. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another, another episode of the Genius for Geek Podcast. And take two, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, we just tried recording, uh, and we had some technical <laughs> difficulties. Um, we lost a guest. We got the guest back, and we lost one of the hosts. Uh, and so now it's a, it's an interesting. This week. is a we great just- way to start an episode. Just letting you know, by yeah. chaos and destruction, this is a perfect way to freaking go through Comic Con week. That's all I'm saying. Oh, jeez. And we were already tired, burnt out. I was on a whole tirade about my introverted characteristics being tired out, mm-hmm. and now I'm just kind of like. Okay, yeah, you know what? I, I have a little bit more energy in me. We we can do this, Sean. We can do this. Yeah. So with, that, <laughs> with that being said, uh, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the G's for Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Radio Williams. And this is Sean Luke. And um, we we were just gonna go on a rant, but you know what? We're just gonna get started. We have a very awesome guest on this episode. Um Content creator, well, all around content creator, uh, writer, yeah. director, producer, voice actor, illustrator. Um, I'm gonna say, uh, uh, entrepreneur because she owns her own business. Um, introducing, um, Keiko, Keiko, uh, bring her in. Hello, hi, how are you doing? Hi, all right, Did- welcome. We finally, <laughs> finally, is good to go. Yes, we're done traveling through the time warp. <laughs> <laughs> did I did I leave anything out? I think you covered just about everything. I Lighter. I would say I'm a jack of all trades. <laughs> oh, so pretty much. All right. So Geektopians, um, we're going to deep dive tonight with Keiko, and we're going to explore as much as possible. Um, the first thing, and I'm just going to ask because I think I've asked this question before. This is a very serious question. Go for so it. let me know when you're ready. Bring it on. Okay. The Geektopians want to know, who is Keiko? Oh, who is Keiko? Okay. This is starting things pretty <laughs> deep, I would say. Yes. Well, Keiko, I would say, is a very, very creative person. Someone who just lives to be creative and connect with other creative people. I have, for as long as I can remember, I've just been obsessed with making things and writing things and just any if it's the arts i i was in love with it and that has held true my entire life and now with mla entertainment i get to produce uh, wonderful stories that i've always had in my head and i get full voice casts involved and it's just a blast so i'm having a lot of fun i i host a podcast on the side i am working on an upcoming comic project I direct films and web series, just a wide variety of things. So I would say Keiko is just a very creative person. Oh, see, that's oh, a, see, that's simple. Yeah, but, not simple <laughs> exactly. But if you notice, that question always catches people off guard. Like, I, I honestly, I honestly thought he was gonna he was gonna go all deep question and then ask something simple Ooh. like, "How was your day?" Yeah, how was your day? <laughs> and I bet you expected me to say I was an alien or something. Ah. Uh. I mean, it won't be the it won't be the first time we've had aliens on this on this podcast, so it's fine. Oh, is that right? Yeah. My day started off in the ocean as a dolphin, and then I just decided (laughs) I was done with swimming, and now oh, so you played you played the Echo the Dolphin remake. All right, cool. Oh, geez, horrible game. 
Damn, that's how we starting this? Yeah, it is. So MLMA, what is it? Is it short for anything? What is MLMA? Let's 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 start. MLA MLA. You know, I am saying that. I am saying MLA. Is that's how I speak. All right, it's on Butch. It sounded like she's hosting a freaking UFC and literary entertainment. I'm sorry for the Geektopians out there. MLA. See, I'll pronounce you. There we go. Yes, that's right. Yeah, MLA Entertainment. It actually came from what I first named my channel, which doesn't really hold a whole lot of meaning now, which is why I shortened it. It was Moxie Live Action, and that was it was the closest oh. thing I could get to naming it after my first series. And and that's what I named my channel because I had no clue when I started it that I would be here 11 years later uh, working on all sorts of different projects. And so that's where it started. And so as I kept doing my channel for years, I was like, I think I need to change it to MLA Entertainment to be a little more neutral and not tied to the first show I did. And okay. yeah, that's how it started. Well, I think that's kind of cool that like the backstory is like the name comes from uh, a creative piece or a creative series that you started. So I think that's pretty cool. Like it has its in the name MLA, it has its own story. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The very cool. origins of my channel, it's um, it's in the name. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> now on your channel, you write, you direct. Um, and you pretty much produce an animated, an animated web series using figurines. That's Is right. that the correct terms, or should I say dolls? Should I say either one works? Yeah, it's mm. yeah, it's probably one of the most unique things about my channel, and it's just it's a really clever art form and medium because it allows me to do any type of story I could ever dream of, like Hollywood scale, as big as I want, but with a fraction of the cost and not as much hassle. But uh, don't get me wrong, it's a very challenging medium to work in. It took us four years to produce the most recent web series, Project Infinity. Okay. So, yeah, it takes a lot of care and attention. Which I am binge watching at this point. It, it was a slow start, but now I'm like, I'm kind of like, okay, this. I'm yeah, you feeling it? Mm -hmm. I'm feeling it. I'm there. So, with your with working with figurines, mm -hmm. one, like you said, I know you said it's cost efficient, but what led you down? Like, was it more like you wanted to do live action, but then it was like, you know what, this is this is a better medium that works for you? Yeah, I, well, I used to do uh, camera work and things like that. And I don't know what happened, but just one day it hit me because I had these little people, these figurines uh, in my possession. And for some reason, just one day it hit me like, these are miniature people, like, there's so many stories waiting to be told right there. And it just hit me one day and I started writing my very first series and I was so cheap back then. I had no clue what I was getting myself into. And over the years, I, I learned how far you can push this medium. And I, little by little, I began to polish it and I just really started to see the potential in it. And these days I've got special effects and all sorts of animation within it. It's just, it's evolved into something of its own. Well, I see you're also doing like set design. Yeah. Like yeah, costumes. Like 
So, all right. So, are you doing everything? Like, are you doing the costume design? Just are you designing the costumes for every the for all the characters? Are you doing the set designs? Do you, are you working with it? I'm just really hyped about talking to you about this project because this <laughs> medium is just, it's Sean. It is so unique. I I have seen a few episodes. Yes, and I love it because it's like for me, it's just one of those things where it's like you know, as a child. You always want to play with your figures and action figures, and you create your own stories based on you playing with the action figures and stuff like that. You created a whole world. <laughs> well, like, you, you legit created a whole world, and it's yeah. actually it's amazing. Well, thank you very much for that. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting because it's almost like they say with computer animation, everything you see on screen has to be created, even if it's a book on the shelf. And it's the same thing with this medium I use. Um, I create all the sets myself and most of the costumes, especially in Project Infinity. Oh, look at that little kitty. That is so sweet. Yeah, this is the the black cat I was telling you about off screen. <laughs> Finally makes the appearance. Hello. You know? Mm -hmm. But She's yeah, and so some of the costumes I'm able to purchase, but I would say 90% of the costumes you see in Project Infinity, I made myself. And so you get pretty crafty in this medium because you see all the things you have to create from scratch and you just mm -hmm. have to figure out a way to do it. But it's one of the most fun parts for me. So I, I feel like I always ask questions that start off with dark. So I'm going to, I guess I'm just going to get that out the way now. Just what are some of the darker parts of your medium that you find either are challenging or nerve wracking or like those moments where you just want to scream because you have an idea that's in your head, you're ready to flush it out and you're just like, her. Yes, I got you. It's funny. I actually posted a blooper reel uh, a few years ago of my previous series and it was like nine minutes or something. Mm -hmm. It's just hilarious because it's just me going through the challenges of the medium. I mean, they're constantly falling over and you have to make sure there's no fuzz or weird objects on their face because the camera picks up everything, especially mm -hmm. when it's these small objects. But I would say that's probably the most challenging part is just keep, because these people don't stand on their own most of the time. Um, mm -hmm. I was lucky with Project Infinity just because of the way they're designed. Some of the figures I am able to, if I just keep messing with them, they can stand for a short time on their own. Mm -hmm. but many of them do not so and i'm i'm on the floor for hours on end sometimes hunched over filming so it can be very uncomfortable after a while so i would say that's probably the most challenging part but overall it's very rewarding because okay. like i said you can just create anything that's in your head and you just have so much control over it i mean i can just completely change their position just lift them up off the ground and you can't even do that in live action so there's just a lot of control in it. You can really bring your image in your head to life. So is your is your series a what well, live action in the sense of like the movements are already planned out, or is it more stop motion, or is it a mix of both? Yeah, I always compare it to stop motion simply because I use figurines and such, but mm -hmm. it's filmed very much like a live action show. There's okay. no stop motion involved actually. It's all filmed in real time, and I'm moving the little figures myself um, on the spot. And what happens is the voice actors usually record their lines before I film. And that just helps me to get an idea of the pacing of the movements I'll need to act out with the figures and things like that. 
And so, yeah. And a lot of the times, the longer I work with voice actors, I, I already know how they're going to say a line. And so in those cases, I can go ahead and film, even if the lines haven't been turned in yet. Well, can we, well, let's talk about that for a moment. The, yeah, the, voice, for act, the voice acting aspect. When you first started, was it that you went, you went into it with the experience of being a voice actor? Because um, I know you said you, you did uh, several camera work prior to going into, um, I guess, this medium of artwork. Is it that you already had voice actors or you had voice acting experience or is kind of something that also developed for yourself over time? Yeah, voice acting is something that I discovered through necessity, sort of. Yeah. Like I, I had heard of it and I had a small interest in it prior to starting my channel, but mm -hmm. it's it started off as something I just had to do because back then I didn't actually have voice actors to work with. I A few friends would help me out, but overall I did everything myself. And so I needed to give voices to these characters. So I was like, well, I can do it. And a few years later, I developed a, a huge passion for voice acting. And I decided pursuing it professionally myself. And then I ended up hiring a full voice cast. And in Project Infinity, we've got all these amazing actors from all places in the world bringing the characters to life. And that's just opened up an entirely new angle and window into this medium as well now i because i just feel like they bring so much more life to the characters than i one person can do so it's very exciting okay what's the all right i guess this is gonna be my last question because i know sean is, is is ramping up um what's the most difficult character you've ever created that you found yourself bringing to life on the screen Oh, goodness. Just as far as like their writing and making them come across right or voice acting wise? Uh, either. Either or for that question. Hmm. That is very, that is a very difficult question. I'm pretty happy with how most of my characters have turned out. Mm -hmm. um, I would say he wasn't, he's come across awesome, but I would say the writing for the main character in my most recent show, Project Infinity, uh, he changed so much from the first draft. He started off this perky, this pure, nice character. And I was just about done with the script. And I realized this is so boring. And I don't care about this main character. Like if he got killed off, I wouldn't care. And so I realized uh, there was a problem there. And so I just totally made him more flawed and more human. And he's got all these issues that he deals with. But deep down, he's a, he's a good guy. You just, you know, he's got some baggage to deal with. And that was what, that was the magic. And so I'm so happy with how he ended up in the final version and his voice actor, Tom Aglio, he's just fantastic. He, uh, he brought everything to the character I ever hoped for. So I would just say that character probably, he just changed a whole lot from my initial image of him to the final script. Yeah. And, and Geektopians, for you, those of you who are watching, we're going to post it into the comments. Uh, but you can head over to YouTube.com, um, search MLA Entertainment, and Project Infinity has, you have quite a few episodes. Uh, I have it actually queued up. Yeah, uh, You have episodes. about 12. Oh, 13. All right. Yeah, we and, just had our, our uh, season finale back in July. Oh, 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 so now you guys are, so you just started season two. Uh, there are some exciting plans yet to be revealed that will be coming very soon. Ooh. Mm -hmm. 
so so i there's one thing i need to ask what is your inspiration you know regarding making these um making these uh, just episodes in general like what what would be like your inspiration is like because like my inspiration is always like uh, certain youtube shows and things like that but i also have a love for anime and things like that that can inspire me to do certain projects so what what inspires you (laughs) yes i got you sean yeah hey i'm there i'm right there with you i am such an anime nerd i love it to bits and so i would say that just everything inspires me i'm constantly watching different animation and even live action movies just i'm constantly watching and i'll see something and i'm like oh i wish i had a story like that and so i'll get down and i'll start writing one like it and that's really what continues to inspire me i've just got a lot of stories in my head and characters and i'll watch something amazing and i'll wish that i could make something like that and so i do (laughs) and that's why i kind of think you can never run out of stories or things to create because there's just so much there's so much to be inspired by out there and i'm open to all of it i'm open to anime cartoons comics just you name it so yeah that's what i would say and i think it is a big truth to that like once you oh god even even as a illustrator myself and like now moving into writing like i think once you once you realize like you have a passion or an idea for something that power lies in you like you can create whatever you want it's your world um whatever medium you choose whether photography illustrating digital like it's just really just comes down to how far you willing to take it and run with your own imagination yeah it's limitless exactly mm-hmm. so let's talk about imagination I'm, I'm i'm impressed i'm just impressed <laughs> like you know what charles you you got this one i'm i'm just in awe. i'm i'm flabbergasted i'm in awe well, I'm, I'm impressed with both of you. I'm impressed with both of you as well. How how so? Don't don't make us blush. All right, we're blushing. Oh, yeah, you said you're an illustrator. What do you do, Sean? Uh, I'm a writer. Oh, awesome! I love writing so much. That's probably one of my favorite parts of what I do. I just love it. So yeah, what do you write? Do you write comics or? No, right now I'm I write scripts dealing oh, with uh, YouTube shows and things like that. So that's that's me. That's what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so. exciting. Yep. I'm, I'm working on a couple of projects now. Like, shoot. Well, oh, uh, well, right now, I know that like, we're working on uh, the next episode of Geektopians, um, which is supposed to be based on the NYCC topic. Um, did you get to go this year or no? Are you out of New York City? Um, I am in New York right now. I'm upstate New York. But uh, no, I didn't get to attend. But um, it was fun. I got to release an episode of my podcast just in time for comic-con because um yes yeah, some some of my friends were releasing uh it's actually comic book school i'm sure you've heard of them well yes buddy. we had uh, we had ari and chris on who are yeah. amazing yeah i had ari and several other of the contributors to their um, annual anthology on mm-hmm. so that was my contribution um where was, where was like oh my god brain fog you know when you just have like the, so many things you just want to get out there and you're just like ah Every day, man. Every day. (laughs) All the time. So, all right. So, while he's brain farting, let's go (sighs) and dive into your podcast a bit. 
Like, what do you, what is your podcast all about? I know, you know, it's diving into our territory, but it's okay. You know what? You're an awesome person. So, you you know, we, we, we could talk about your stuff, you know? <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, my podcast, it's called uh, Keiko's Diary because yeah. I'm the host and I call it your favorite podcast for all things entertaining and creative. And that's because that's what it's all about. It's just about all creative things and I have a guest on uh, every episode from whether they're actors or artists or composers, uh, mm -hmm. all of it. And so we've had so many fun guests. We've had uh, like William Mosley from the Narnia films. We've oh, had uh, the Emmy winning composers from Teen Titans and Ben oh, 10, all that good stuff. And yeah, we've had lots of exciting people on and I've got Sebastian Bonet from well, you all are familiar with yeah, him. Yeah, he's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's all right. He's all right. He, he, he's cool people. You know, he's yeah. Not... Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And so uh, I'm always open to having anyone creative on the show. And it's just a way for me to share their stories with my viewers, because mm -hmm. I think that's the best part of the arts is uh, helping other people connect with other people that they otherwise mm -hmm. might not have a, a path or means of doing so. Okay. So, yeah. And I think that that's that's pretty awesome. I think, oh god, I was seeing this at um, we went to a networking event, uh, the first night of and well, the first night for us for NYCC was was Friday, and one of the things that came up was we're in a generation that I think network is very important. Networking is very important for all types of creators. And I think a part of it is because once again, we being shut down for a whole year and isolated from people and and missing that social um, connectivity that you have with people, especially on a level when you're an artist or a creator. Right now, looking at just just the idea of like, hey, you know what? We need to reunite or gather and just network and get to know people, get to see what's out there because I feel like. I don't know. I just feel like we're in a different time frame now. I feel like I'm rambling. It must be the... No, yeah. I totally... I gotcha. And I've got to say, it did forever change the way that people connect with each other mm -hmm. uh, the past year. And I don't think I would have ever started my podcast had it not been for what happened. And so mm -hmm. it's very interesting how it sort of opened up certain fields, fields mm -hmm. in a way. So, yeah. Some pros, I guess, came with it. <laughs> Oh, what was some of the cons? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we care about the negative around here. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah wow. <laughs> um, we don't well, care about that power of positivity. <laughs> well, we were telling <laughs> we were telling Sebastian that like something that we admired with um Nerds of the Round was they went from being a show that they had people come on live and at the start of the pandemic, they were trying to figure out, hey, where do we go from here? And they did what I think a lot of creators started doing, which was, okay, how do I connect with our audience and change and grow from in this moment to in our medium? And they started doing web shows, um, right. just taking everything online. And I think even with um, indie creators that we were talking to who are writers and artists, you know, they, mm -hmm. they started doing more webinars or... Um, sitting at home drawing and and connecting with their audience so i think that's another positive thing that came out of like uh growing your brand or or or, or getting yourself out there 
Yeah, I agree for sure. Yeah, I love everything that uh, the Nerds of the Round have been doing and in Beyond. Uh, mm -hmm. It's my second year going to the virtual con, so that's been lots of fun. And I've met so many amazing, amazingly talented people through that. So, yeah, very thankful. Same with us. All right, so now let's dive, let's dive into something. Keiko. Uh-oh. I don't know if you know this yet. This is my pitch. All right. I want to sell you a pitch, right? Okay, go for it. All right. All right. All right. You have two dolls that look like me and Sean. Okay. Oh Lord, no. Right. They just happened to have a podcast called the Geeks. Uh-huh. Why? I'm willing to let you just run with this idea. Just run with it. All right. Okay. Whatever crazy adventures, I'm willing to sell the rights of Sean over to you. Okay. All right. Name, likeness. All right. You know myself. Can't, what? You can't do that. What? I can't sell. I can't sell your name and likeness. I'm a human being. <laughs> um. Okay. So now that it's just me and you, Kiko. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I I think we have something here. I think MLB okay. can mm -hmm. do what's called the. The the geek MLA, not the same. Oh my god, thank you for saving me. Oh my god, I am a terrible host. I am a terrible host. All right, and now he's gone. Yeah, he's gone now because he he left shame apparently. So, uh, yeah, so what would uh, honestly, would you even be able to create dolls like us and then have like an exaggerated version of our, I would say, our podcast or even our show? you know, as the dolls just be put in there. Oh, yeah, I could totally do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I want to give you full creative control over that. Oh, yeah. Just full creative. Whatever and we crazy. Could, yeah, we could totally kind of change the direction and in the middle of it, go through the time warp because that occurred. <laughs> <laughs> no one would believe that that actually was based on a true story. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's funny. A lot of times I'll buy mm -hmm. a, a dollar a figure that has a similar look to what I'm looking for, but then I have okay. to customize it, like you said. And so I'll mm -hmm. I'll get my little uh, colored pencils or paints, and sometimes I even have to change their hair. Okay. And so yeah, you do what you have yeah. to do. And I want to apologize for calling your business Major League Baseball. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, I forgive you. That's all right. Yes, yes. I am bad mm -hmm. with letters. It's all right. Utopians. Yeah, mm -hmm. shame. It's okay, Charles. It's fine. All right. Yeah. As my, cats, as my cats are literally a lot more exciting now than they've ever been. <laughs> but, um, all right, so we, we deep dived into podcasting. We deep dived into mm -hmm. writing, directing, yeah. producing. What else should the Geektopians know about you? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, we've covered the main things I love to do, which is writing and directing. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the main thing I do. And so I'm always working on my latest web series or film or thing like that but on the side i also um, am a voice actor okay. so that's something i have a lot of fun doing and i also i even produce demos for people that's something Ooh. i've done throughout the years but uh especially recently i've started doing commissions for them because uh, i just love making voice actors shine and whether they're up and coming or they just need an update it's something i enjoy doing so yeah i love to draw as well mm -hmm which is why I'm doing a comic project, which details about will be revealed soon. What okay. was the, all right, so can I ask what's the inspiration behind that or is that top secret as well? 
Well, I can totally tell you the inspiration. I can't tell you the exact project quite yet. Uh, awesome. Details will be coming very soon, though, I promise. Uh, but yeah, I've always drawn on the side. It was something, it's just something I enjoy. I've always made comics personally for myself. It's something I've loved doing, and I love watching Mark Crilly's videos. I, I learned a lot from him. And so I have very fond memories of sitting behind the computer screen for hours observing. Mm -hmm. And then I, I met Sebastian, and I just saw his passion for comics and all the people he knew who were related to comics. And it just kept it. I felt it calling my name. It was like, Keiko, okay. you've thought about it. You need to stop running from it. It's time to do it. And so, yeah, it's, it finally just fell into place. It was the right time. Doesn't so that feeling, doesn't that feeling suck when you're like in that place where you're like, you know, you have the potential to be as creative as you want to be, but you have to, you have to get over being your own hurdle exactly yeah yeah you try to push it away but it it has a way of eventually pulling you in for sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you ever find yourself getting burnt out i feel like i have to ask that question when it comes to creators i have to ask that because i know what it's like sometimes just to be like i just want to walk away sometimes but then i'm like this is this is my baby or this is something that i really enjoy so i can't just give it up so do you ever find yourself either getting burnt out or just saying you know what i have to walk away yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, sometimes I feel physically exhausted just because uh, what I do takes a lot of energy mm -hmm. and time. And so uh, sometimes I have to take a break just to recharge my batteries. And it helps your creativity as well, just to step away sometimes. But I wouldn't say I've ever just burn out from wanting to create or do what I do just okay. because I just I live and breathe it. I, it's all I want to do when I wake up. And so but sometimes you do have to step away just to recharge. That's very important. I believe you got to make time to just play or just mindlessly watch a TV show and relax. It's, it's part of your job to take care of yourself. Otherwise you can't be at your best and put out your best work. So, okay. mm -hmm. so I'm going to ask, this is going to be my last question. Cause I know once again, I see Sean over there. I'm good. I'm what, good. What would Keiko mm -hmm. tell herself creatively at the following ages, 16, 18, and 21. Oh, goodness. 16, 18, 21. Mm -hmm. hmm. Or if you can yeah. give, yeah, if you can give yourself creative advice mm -hmm. or kind of like nudge yourself into the direction of, of, of creativity, what would you tell yourselves at those mm -hmm. different ages? Very interesting. If I could go through the time warp again and talk to warp. my past self. Mm -hmm. I would just tell her to hmm, continue to study and be inspired by all the things you love and don't be afraid to take your time as well, because I am extremely impatient. That's probably the hardest, one of the hardest things about what I do is just, I have so many stories inside me and so many things I want to do. But mm -hmm. like I said, it took four years to produce 13 episodes of my web series. So, but it's all part of the journey and don't be afraid to just take your time and enjoy the process and just continue to improve. So I would really just say to keep at it because I've always, I've always tried my best, even though I look back at some of my early stuff and I want to go back and, you know, polish a few things now that I've learned, but it's all part of the journey. And so I'm proud of everything I've done, but I would just say, keep at it 
and uh, keep your mind open to all the great things out there at each of those ages, probably. And to get more sleep. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, yeah, listen, you're asking for the impossible right now. Like, exactly. no matter what. Like, mm -hmm. first of all, I wish I had the body. I was telling this to somebody. Like, I wish I had the body I had when I was 20. Because <laughs> the mindset I had back then, like, like 15 to 22 was great because I, when I got inspired, I would be up all night. Like I could be up all night, get like two hours of sleep, go to work and yeah. come home, get another two hours of sleep and be up all night creating. Now I'm like, I get home from work and I'm like, oh, monitors, oh, keyboard, oh, editing. Yeah. Oh. So. yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I wish that I could stay awake for three days and then go to sleep. It's just, it's too often. Like, even though I want to sleep, it's too often. Like once I get settled in whatever I'm working on, it's time to go to bed in the day. And so I need like longer days. There's not have, enough hours have in you, the day. Have you actually ever had those kind of days where you like, you literally stood up for like 48 to like 72 hours trying to get stuff done? I have, I've pulled some long days before. I think there's people that have pulled way longer nights than me. I don't know. I think the longest I've ever stayed up, I don't know, like 28 something hours, maybe. I'm not sure. But there's people who have stayed up way longer than that. So, it's been a long time. Been a really I, haven't, long time. I haven't done that since, well, I haven't done that since I've been partying and since finals of college. Oh, oh yeah. Geez. Well, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Something something I always think about, and I think I don't know if this is an artist idea, but I would love that house that's in Dragon Ball Z where you go in and you can spend a whole year in one day. The hyperbolic time chamber? Yes. That thing freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. You mean the hypersonic lion tamer? If yeah. and, and, and this is how <laughs> I would imagine it. I would imagine it like let's say you had a closet in your house, kind of in like Narnia, where yeah. you can walk into that closet. And you can spend however much time in there, but when you come out, only an hour has passed. That is crazy. Yeah, I could get a lot of work done in there then. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, like, that's usually how it is. <laughs> I feel like if we had something like that, you can, no matter what job you did, you can always go into work rested because what, if you if you took two or three days in there, like a vacation, and let, let's let's expand on this idea. This room would be like one of the Harry Potter rooms where like, you know, just like how Hermione bag is like a whole closet yeah. or the room, the room of, um, oh God, what is it? The room of requirement. Yes. So it would be like that. It'd be like the room of requirement where whatever you need, whatever tools you need, uh, whatever type of environment you are looking for is in that room. Yeah. Time and space, um, is not linear. But when you come out, only an hour has passed. No matter how much time you spend in there, only an hour has passed. So you can take naps. Mm -hmm. You can create. That's what we need in our world. Yeah, I would spam the heck out of that room for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but okay. Can I be the only person of logic here and talk about the breaking laws of physics in this? The yep. breaking laws of time and space? And nope, <laughs> not gonna kill this idea. <laughs> Excuse me for being the logical one here. Uh, first of all, when you're creative, you throw logic out the book. All right, the moment you start creating superheroes who can either fly or dodge any type of flying object, logic is thrown out the window. Yeah, exactly. but you do that because you can't do that in real life. 
Well, that's why I'm taking creating a scenario. Have you not heard the fact that scientists have actually learned like the whole thing? Like there is possible for time travel. Ah, jeez, and we get rid of that. That's why <laughs> we have that too. There, Keiko. You see, it's more like when we want to be in the realm of imagination, and you have those Debbie Downers who are like, "Logic this, logic that." Geetopians, don't fault me here. All right. Kicking Sean out of the room at times like this is well appropriate. Not really. No. <laughs> Don't get no. me wrong. I would love to do, you know, I would love to be in the, the hyperconic lying goinger, right? I would love to be in that. Of course Just you so would. I, can, I could literally do what Gay Day did and work out for a year. Next thing you know, I come out 24 hours later looking jacked. You know, I mean, that'd be kind of crazy because then you show up to work the next day. <laughs> like, because you know, that like when you go, yeah, go ahead, Kago. Yeah, that would raise some eyebrows. It'd be a little suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, it's like because when you go on vacation, people, and you come back, you go on vacation for a week or two weeks, you can come back. People are like, oh, you look well rested. Oh, uh, you look like you lost weight. But then you go into this room and then you come back and you're like, you're like slim and buffed. It's yeah. kind of like what 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 are you on? What are you doing? Like okay, have you ever been on a vacation and actually rested? Ooh, ah, oh, jeez, I that is I a good would, question. So I I wouldn't know how I like I'm I'm all right. So I'm gonna admit this, Geektopians. Uh, I'm afraid to take a vacation because a vacation to me, like for example, I want to take a cruise, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I want to go fun. on a <laughs> I want to go on a singles cruise. Okay. But I'm like Captain Picard. I want to go to the singles cruise just to take books, to not interact with anybody, and read books the whole entire cruise. That's the idea of a perfect vacation to me. I don't know why. That's that's just yeah. It. Hey, that sounds good to me too. Yeah, um, yeah. Cruising is a lot of fun, and they have amazing arcades. Like everyone else is going to the parties and stuff, and mm-hmm. like I just spend a lot of time in the arcade. <laughs> it's so much fun. So yeah, everyone's got their own ideal vacation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Sean, I'm not a I'm not a party animal like you. I didn't say I was a party I'm animal not, anymore. Not a party animal. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to do. Um. Uh. Geez, I'm forgetting his name. I, I curse him all the time. Um. He's in uh creative star George Lucas. I would love to do a George Lucas, where I sit in a room for a week with a notebook and I just write an entire story. Oh, that would that be would, fascinating. You know, that would be a vacation for me. Mm-hmm. Really? But I also, yeah, but I also know me, like day mm-hmm. one would be like, I open the book and then day two is me asleep. Yeah. My problem <laughs> with vacations is I'm always so panicked because I want to make the most out of each day. And so it's like, okay, mm-hmm. how many days do I have left? And so I kind of don't fully enjoy it because I'm worried about it being over. So well, mm-hmm. my question said is, do you feel like in order for you to go on a vacation, you have to go on a vacation and plan out your days. Because then I feel like you might as well just yeah. go to work. Because you, because all you're doing is just planning events. Where I think a vacation is just should be you going somewhere that you relax. So you okay, there's a catch twenty two with that. Okay, as somebody mm-hmm. who Elaborate. like who like loves to travel, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're traveling for various reasons like for example us me and my roommate we travel a lot so we go to different cons and things like that so we always have to like plan our touristy stuff around the con time right like there'd be a day like when we went to philadelphia for keystone comic-con right friday and saturday was con stuff sunday was strictly just sightseeing everything 
Right. You know? And for me, to me, I enjoy stuff like that. I enjoy, mm -hmm. you know, having a reason to go to these places. You know? Okay. I want to go to some place like Greece because I want to explore the island, uh, the land, and I want to explore the culture with that. Right? So I want to plan which places to go and things mm -hmm. like that. Right? I want to go yeah. to London because MCM has been one of my dream cons for like ever. Right. But I also want to sightsee there as well. So do I go an extra day? Do I stay an extra day early or an extra day later just to go sightseeing and things like that? For okay. me and my vacation style, like I like doing that. Like right now, <laughs> it's crazy. We're talking about like going to like a bed and breakfast or like a castle. Right. And just we're literally just going to explore what that town is and everything like that. And to mm -hmm. me, that's fun. Yeah, I agree. That is fun. And so I guess there's kind of a difference in uh, different kinds of vacations. Some vacations, like if you go to, say, a beach or a lake or something, that might be where you just kind of hang out or something. But if you're yeah. going to a place like London, how can you go to London and not see everything? Right. And so, yeah, it might be different kinds of vacations. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I think I'm boring because I, I feel like so... <laughs> And I'm gonna use the I'm gonna use London, right? I would love to go to London, but I'm not an itinerary person. I'm not a yeah. person that's like I'm the type of person that I wanna go. You just wanna read and, your book in London. Well, yeah. that and if I wanna go out like with like I, I what is it? I'm spontaneous. So I just wanna go out and randomly find something. Exactly. I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna book a, a appointment somewhere. I just wanna like get there, you know, unpack and then say, you know what, I'm in London, let me go explore. Let me just explore. I don't. I don't want to have a reservation, or or maybe not a reservation every night. You know, I want to see what is out there because I feel like true adventures are random. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I must say, whenever I've gone to uh, big cities like that, and mm -hmm. if it's like a group or something, like they're always going on all these excursions and everything, and I always do like to explore on my own, kind of okay. like what you're talking about. But it's still there's a lot to see. And do on your own but yeah. yeah i kind of do like the freedom of choosing your own excursion and just doing what you want to do so yeah i'm a, yeah. I, I can tell i'm a mix of you and sean yeah your vacation styles yeah you got it thumbs up <laughs> just mm -hmm. see see that that was a good deep dive there we explored vacations i like that mm -hmm. um <laughs> brought to you by the geektopians travel mm -hmm. agency you have any place uh, you want to go <laughs> go somewhere else <laughs> oh yeah oh my god our travel agency would be horrible because it would just be booked around cons <laughs> you know what that would be a good thing though think about well, that because also, people sir. hold on you're all over the place over there i am all over the place i'm trying to make sure my cats don't go into like certain things uh -oh. Um, so like our travel, if we want to do around cons, then we'd have to do around like the best, cheapest hotels, the, the cheapest, like we'd have like discounts with bars mm -hmm. and the other things like that. Like our travel agency would have to like encompass everything regarding that, those cons, right? Mm -hmm. Like for example, if we go to Phoenix, right? Mm -hmm. What's, what's nearby with the Phoenix hotels? What's the nearby eateries? What's the nearby, you know, can we give them a 20% discount? Be like, Hey, look, you know, we got these people coming to you. Can you hook us up and help us out so that we can attract more people to come to your town? All right. So can I shoot the promo for this real quick? Okay. All right, here we go. Hey, Geektopians from Sketchfed Studios. Um, 
the creators of the Sean Luke calendar, the Sean Luke sexy calendar, Sean Luke speedos that nobody asked for. We now bring you another thing that nobody asked for. Uh, don't forget the pastor Reverend Williams. Uh... We're not talking about that. We bring you, <laughs> we bring you Sean Luke travels. Yeah. We're just going to put your name on everything. Quentin Why Kevin. me? Why can't you put your name on stuff? Keiko, come on. Look at Sean. You see him? That's yeah, we're going to put his face on everything, too. Why? <laughs> yeah, you're going to sell it. That's why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody agrees, Sean, that it's mm -hmm. your face. You, know, you go on you're one commercial in junior high school and everybody thinks you're a freaking advertising. Well, I'm sorry, but the name like Latin Lover, you have to have your face on everything. But the Latin Lover is a wrestling thing. It had nothing to do with advertising. It, it has stuck. Um, I, I speak. I, I don't speak for the Geetopians. The Geetopians know what they want. They like what they want. Uh, every guest that has come on has said yes to whatever idea that nobody asked for. They have said yes. They've said yes to the Sean Luke calendar. Um, um, you know what? I'm very upset. Let me, let, Kiko, if you indulge me in a story. Um, this idiot over here decided during uh -huh. New York Comic Con. Yeah. To show off the Sean Luke Speedos in Cosplay Alley under the hopes of people would like model for them. Or at least tell them to tell me to model for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know how embarrassing that is to see my face on the back of some Speedos and everybody's looking at it like, yeah, you should do it. But what he's not telling you is there was a lot of positivity and people were like, yes, that is a product. That isn't just sellable, but people will wear. Exactly. So, there you go. Yeah. You never know. You know, you need to be honest, Sean. You need to be honest about the Sean Luke Speedos. That's it. We're gonna start that's a whole, <laughs> yeah, we're going to start a whole brand, a whole line, and yeah, all kinds of other clothes, too. Watch. Yeah, Watch. Like Kiko's going to do a scene in a pool. Right, and then we're gonna have the little mini, mini, mini speedos on one of them, one of the I'm characters. Miniature. Yeah, miniature Sean. Yeah. <laughs> See, I love that every time somebody comes on, they hear these ideas revolving, evolving you, and they're like, "Yes, yes, do it, go for it." But why can't there be ideas revolving you? Um, because you're the face. That don't mean nothing, you're Kiko. Don't you think that he could be advertising stuff as well? No, we're good. Yeah. If, if his yeah, his last name isn't the Latin lover, so mm -hmm. yeah, that's a difference. Yeah. That's not even my Latin. <laughs> and let's think of it and 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 Keiko as, as a business owner, right? As a person oh, <laughs> who as a person who directs, writes. Um, you probably do some photography. Like, yeah. uh, you know, let's let's get this on the screen real quick. Let's get let's uh let's get this on the screen. All right, there we go. There oh. we go. Oh, hello. Okay. You yeah. know, imagine, you know, this this is the face. This is the mm -hmm. brand of a man who's been relaxed. He was in the hyperbotic ch um chamber for a while. Yeah. Um, and now he's saying to all of our fans out there, hey, you too can wear me. Where, where did he go? <laughs> don't you don't have to run? He's saying I'm running. You too I'm running. <laughs> And there's so many colors. There's so many colors. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, this would be a Colossal Con special over here. Like, well, we've even heard to do, like, we should do a, um, we should do a bikini line for the ladies. 
like a side skirt, you know. And I just think that Sean has that face. Yeah. And this is why this is why for MMA Entertainment, mm-hmm. I think that if you wanted to create a character based on Sean, I am willing to sell you the rights. Wow, I am honored. Yeah, willing to sell you the rights. Yeah. Why? Like. Well, thank you. I guess it's a done deal. Yeah, I've got my next project lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. See, Sean. This is called networking. This is um me. Oh, making, this is networking. Yeah, I'm I'm making sure that you are are, are the face that you are. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. What you were born to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't be shy. Don't be shy now. All bashful. You do, you do one commercial and all of a sudden people think you're like this whole thing. You either got it or you don't. Yeah. And you got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? Kiko, why are you indulging this? Like... <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. Because <laughs> <laughs> people people know a good product when they hear it. When they exactly. See it. Yeah. When they see a good product. Let's let's get is. okay. I will say this. Let's get the calendar out the way first. Okay. Right. Let's get the calendar. Let's get these photo shoots going. Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to have to take like how many is there like 12 months. So that means 12 times like 60 photos. Right. Like we're going to have to like have a ton of photographers and then we're going to have to pick the best 12 for each month. All right. So I'm, I'm going to double back to Keiko for a minute and then we we'll double back to you. So Keiko, mm-hmm. looking at your channel, right. Uh, something you were saying, you were saying that it takes a, a while to do an episode. So I see on average, the average episode is between, I'm going to say 25 and 34 minutes, right? So right. let's say run that to 35 minutes. And that's just after editing, right? Yeah. So how long does it take you to produce an, an, an episode? Um, I would say it takes about two to three months, probably. Uh, the really? last, uh, yeah, the last episode... It probably took the longest because there were there were over two hundred special effects shots in it, oh, which was yeah crazy. It, it was a crazy amount of special effects in that one, but yeah, uh, early on it took maybe a month or two. But as the show okay. went on and the story got bigger and bigger, it it took about two to three months, I'd say. Yeah, and top to bottom. Average, how long does it take to shoot a scene? Uh, I like to dedicate a day uh, to getting a scene done. Is sometimes I can get more than one done in a day if it's short, and okay. sometimes, yeah, and sometimes it takes more than one day to get a scene done if it's really long or there's a lot of uh, characters involved. So yeah, it kind of depends, but it doesn't take as long as you would think. Just at least okay. a day. Okay, you hear that, Sean? Now, if we compare your calendar to the hard work that goes into doing an episode. I think we can have this all done within a month. Exactly. Yeah, we can totally do it. Yeah, no. So my question is, <laughs> when you do the filming, right? As I ignore yeah. him. When you do the filming, like, do you do with it? Do you deal with it like you're with a script in, in hand where it's like you're literally voicing out the entire piece yourself first? Or yeah. do you just, okay. Because I'm like, there has to be like, a because I doubt you would just, just do the movements Mm-hmm. And then do in the post do the voices. Yeah, I always have the script right there by my side, mm-hmm. and um, as I'm moving the character, I usually speak it. Uh, sometimes just softly under my breath, but that just sort of marks the line. Okay. okay. Yeah, that that way when I add in the voice actor's line, it's 
most likely going to match. And like I said, a lot of the times I get the lines before I film a scene mm -hmm. and I'll just make sure their reading is very clear in my head before I do the character's movement. Okay. And it's, it just somehow magically always lines up pretty good. So. so, so another question, and this is something I've been trying to convince Charlie to do for a minute. How do you storyboard? I do not storyboard. <gasps> okay. Yeah. All right. Explain. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, with the comics, like this new comic project I'm doing, mm -hmm. I wrote the whole thing beforehand and mm -hmm. I laid out all the pages beforehand. So okay. I did, I did basically storyboard this comic. Okay. And, uh, but for some reason for my shows, I just kind of already have the storyboard in my head as okay. I'm writing the scene. Uh, I just have a very clear idea of what I'm looking for. And so when I sit down to film and usually just when I sit down to film the scene, I just kind of move my camera around the set and I quickly see my favorite angles and such. And so it's not that hard for me to get it right. But yeah, I just, when it comes to filming, I just can really see it in my head. So I don't have to do mm -hmm. as much planning, but a comic you, you kind of have to, because you got to place the speech bubbles yeah. and all that sorts of thing. So, yeah. Well, what, what he's getting at is because once again, I write more and um, because I do a lot of filming, mm -hmm. um, there's times that I'm uh, the stuff that I'm working on, I'm working to film. So a lot of the times he's like, hey, maybe it will help better if you storyboard it out. Yeah. And when I when I went to art school, like I, that was what I wanted to become. I wanted to become a storyboard artist. And I was and then I don't know, I it, it kind of fell off, but as I work on comics, my own little comic strips here and there, I'm like, well, this is another form of storyboarding. Doing comic strips is because you're pretty much um, defining what angle are you drawing the character at? Does this angle work? Um, does this uh, perspective work? Um, where's the lighting coming from to tell if, if shadow is a part of your art style? So I don't, I don't think I've ever really when I'm filming really incorporate storyboard, I think in my head, kind of like what you're saying, like I have a, like photos of where the shot should be. Right. And I, I kind of write that out. Okay. Like, okay. I want to yeah. shoot this from a three, four. So from a word, from a worm's eye view. And I know sometimes the, the terminologies get crossed. If you're like coming from like an animation field and then you're crossing in the film, like the angles are the same, but there's just different wording there but for me i just sometimes just don't feel like storyboarding is something that i just need to always do all the time it helps if you if you have a good space and you know the space or in your case i i would assume that you have sets like you said like you have like sets that are already set up so you can pretty much take your camera and get that angle where you don't have to storyboard yeah. And the thing is, uh, with actually a lot of the sets I have is they're all collapsible. And so mm -hmm. uh, before I film a scene, I set them up and eat every single time. So that takes a while. But it's okay. like you said, once it's once it's all there, you can just sort of move your camera around and look for it. But uh, yeah, and I would say probably if you're working with more people uh, and there's special effects teams and such, mm -hmm. that might be where the storyboards, of course, are necessary because they don't know what's in your head. But because I do all that work solo, um, it's not required on my part. Okay. But yeah, that's probably where it comes in with filming. Uh, thank you for me. thank you for mentioning that because when we were <laughs> trying to film his short films, right? He was the one in front of the camera, and we were trying to be the ones behind the camera to film him. So we were like, listen, we might need to have a storyboard so we can understand your vision 
of <laughs> what you want for this for this short film. Can can we can we put some clarity on this? I wrote a script. So during COVID, I wrote several different scripts. Um, the name of the, the series is called um, Oh geez, is Edward, Edward versus, V. Red. Uh, and and I love telling the story. So Edward is pretty much uh, a young a young male who's dealing with his inner trauma, um, his inner trauma, or or just dealing with life at that. And he has a persona that manifests into the real world that okay. is of himself. So a lot of this is shot on green screen, or it's just shot using different camera tricks to make them look like they're in the same room. Cool. Being that I spent time writing this, Sean says, hey, you need to be in front of the camera to act this out. And I'm like, I'm not the type of person to be in front of the camera. I'm the type of person that does creative behind the scenes. So to his point, to help create the vision, yes, doing a storyboard would help. But I really don't want to be forced to be in front of the camera. I would rather be behind the scenes uh, being the Stanley Kubrick that I'm constantly called uh, and and just doing the directing as I already know the shots that I want, so it's yeah. it's a it's an interesting challenge here. Yeah, yeah. It, there's there's something very empowering and rewarding about being behind the camera. I must say because I I started off in front of the camera and I even did some theater and such, mm -hmm. and I just really found it so much enjoyment with being behind the camera and writing the stories and voice acting. There's something mm -hmm. about being behind a microphone. But I just feel so at home there. And so, yeah, everyone has their place. They feel most comfortable and able to do what they want to do. Yeah. See? So how about, how about, how about this, Sean? How about you play Edward and Red? Um, I would not want to take away your vision. That's not, that's not taking away my vision. If I'm directing it, that's you being in front nah, of the we'll camera. Get, we'll get someone else to do it. I've oh. I've already been a part of too many things with this. Come on, the face does Hollywood. There you go. Um, I did have another question. Oh, about your set. So, what material are you using? Are you using foam? Are you using how long? This this is a real deep dive. Like, how long does it take you to create a set? Um, what goes into creating a set? What crafts goes into creating a set? Yeah, lots and lots of materials. What I what I do first is I sit down with a pad and a pencil mm -hmm. and I start sketching. And it's like an architect, literally. I draw the walls and I mark where all the doors are going to be and the windows. And once I've got the blueprint, I can start actually making it. And so I use I use cardboard, poster mm -hmm. board, foams. Uh, fabrics and glue, all sorts of things, just whatever is required, tapes. And it depends. Like I said, I'm a very impatient person. And so it doesn't take me very long. But I got to say, with a show like Project Infinity, there's so many sets involved. And it took me, I'd say, almost a year to make all the costumes and the sets for it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it took a long time for this show in particular. And uh, but I didn't make every single set that would be needed as the show went along. Uh, I would have to make a set for a okay. certain episode. And I just like to set aside um, a few days, maybe a week tops if it's a brand new set. But it, it can add up if there's a lot in a single project for sure. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that, like when you're creating a set, like are you are you do you first go through the, the writing phase where you write out everything and then you're creating the sets 
Uh, are you pre-creating the sets for what you've written, or are you going by? And you, you kind of just answered that you're you're creating the sets, but there's times that you're like creating it as you go. Yeah, well, I I wrote for Project Infinity. I wrote all thirteen episodes mm -hmm. before filming began. Okay. Yeah, and I just I wrote a list of every set that would be needed, and I just tried to be a little realistic with the workload I could take on to start okay. with. And so I made several sets that would be needed for the first batch of episodes, um, but I didn't make all of them. And so mm -hmm. there were certain sets. It finally came time for them to be seen, and I would have to make them on the spot for that episode but uh -huh. yeah i just i write to my heart's content and i just say i'll worry about the nightmare of creating whatever i just put on paper later and i somehow it always works out so question um and i and this is probably like a really stupid question um uh so when you're doing the filming right and you you said you already have all 13 episodes written on and everything as you're doing the episodes, you ever come to the point where it's like, okay, I need to rewrite this script midway through because I feel like this is better oh, for what's going on, you know, at like at the moment or whatever. Or like you'll be like in episode six and you're like, you know what, maybe in seven, eight, if I make these changes now, you know, saying based on what's going on. Or do you just stick with the script all the way through straightforward? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I I really try to have a solid outline before I start writing the final draft of the mm -hmm. script. Mm -hmm. I really believe in outlines. Okay. And so, yeah, so I'll start off with a loose outline and I'll just polish it and polish it. And then when I feel pretty confident in it, I'll write the script. And that's why it usually doesn't take me many drafts to have okay. a script I'm satisfied with is because I worked so hard on the outlines. Okay. And so, yeah, with Project Infinity, I was... I, I was lucky that I didn't encounter that issue, but I must say I did change the fate of one character as the show went on. Okay. And yeah, I had something else in store for them and I decided to change it because I just felt it wasn't right. So it's kind of weird how once you start working on a project, you you can kind of, you get this new clarity and you, you really love the characters. They're all your children, all the characters. Aww. And yeah, that's that's how I feel about them. And so, yeah, I did change the fate of one character, but I usually okay. stick to the script because okay. a lot goes into the polishing. No, All right, I so, get it. That's why I was asking. So yeah. Radio has two questions. Oh, Lord have mercy. So first question, because I feel like I, I never hear people ask this question. Um, your family, when you switched your medium over to this, uh -huh. what was the reaction? Because I know most families, like, going into art is one of those things where it's like you want your family support but your family never really knows what medium or how far you're going to go into your creative process yes i i'm very fortunate i'm very fortunate that my family they're back they back me 100 mm -hmm. and yeah they're they're so they're such big fans they're my biggest fans and my mm -hmm. mom is actually she helped me uh, so much get all the materials I need and ordering the figures and she helps me cast a lot of the characters and so yeah my family she, loves it yeah does she ever like give you feedback on something like you wrote like why did you do that or like well not that character like do you ever find yourself being like mom like I got this like <laughs> no she she gets really attached to the characters mm -hmm. and so uh when some of the more sad scenes are happening, you can tell it's really touching and it's hard to see something <laughs> happen to a character that you love. 
but uh, no, she totally believes in my writing and backs it, yeah. but it is hard to see certain things end up happening in the show for sure. So and this leads me to my second question, fandom. Have you ever, so what are some of the, the comments and feedbacks you get from? So I can imagine that you have fans who follow who are like really engaged into the story, but do you ever find fans like tend to make the story so much of their own that even you're kind of like, you have to remind them like, hey, this is still my story that I'm telling, I'm sharing it with you. Um, the, like just keep that level of respect yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I've I've been very fortunate. Again, uh, most of the fans are mm -hmm. very supportive. I remember there was a project I did several years ago yeah. where mm -hmm. they were they were pitching an idea, and they said, you know, you should do a plot where the main character meets their long lost twin sister, and and I appreciated the suggestion, but um, it was a bit bizarre in the story that I was telling, and so. They'll have their ideas sometimes, but, and I appreciate it mm -hmm. sometimes. It just shows how they're engaged and they're excited, but uh, I'm pretty tight with the story I'm telling because mm -hmm. I have a certain vision. And so, uh, yeah, I've been pretty lucky. I haven't gotten any wild comments or <laughs> suggestions. All right. That's good. Mm -hmm. All right. I think that's all, that's all my, like my dark that's all your dive. that's all your that's all your like deep diving slash oh nerding dark. nerding out to, we to did Kiko. It. We did yeah it. this man this man has been been nerding out to your stuff for like a minute so he's been wanting to deep dive into this like for like ever oh has he so cool. well the thing is for myself like if you ask me what kind of artist i am it took me a long time to realize i want to be a mixed medium artist yeah. and people are like what the hell is a mixed medium artist it's someone who can do almost every craft but bring them together as a whole without knowing the depths of each craft so yeah. for example like for everything from oil painting uh oil oil on canvas watercolor pastels to film and photography to illustrating digitally as well as paper charcoal so um i was always inspired um inspired by like Artists like Barbara Kruger, um, Bill Viola, um, ooh, geez, Arshad Gorky. There's a there's a list of artists that I was always inspired by, and I was like, mm -hmm. I don't just want to be a painter. I don't just want to be an illustrator. I want to, you know, if one day I wake up and I'm like, hey, I want to be like um, Andy Warhol and do a pop culture piece, either with silk screen or with actual materials. If that's something I want to do. Um, if it's something where one day I want to wake up and be like uh, Chuck uh, Chuck Close, um, not Chuck Close, Chuck uh, Chuck Schwartz, and and just dabble with different colors to create uh, multi images of of a, of a person. Like I've just always been that. So when I see somebody who's doing a medium that is interesting and unique, and they own it, I just want to know everything about one that person, as well as what goes into. Uh, creating something like that and i and i can imagine that there are geektopians out there who are like that too who are like hey who is this person how do i get involved into this how do like what is this unique uh mm -hmm. atmosphere or space of creativity yeah i feel you and mixing mediums isn't that the best and mixing different mm -hmm. styles and not wanting to limit yourself i really respect that and yeah i feel the same way i mean podcasts uh 
web series, comics. I just, it's so fun to just take it all on. So I definitely relate to you on that note. And mixing different styles, that's a lot of fun as well. Well, I mean, you're definitely doing it. You're, you're doing film. You're doing, um, once again, even though it's not um, stop motion, it is a form. Yeah. Um, but it's animation and it's yeah. storytelling. Um, and I, I just, so what, what, yeah, I'm just geeking. Like I'm geeking. Like, yeah, go for it. Hey, so. we can geek together. <laughs> no, and, and you know what? I, I'm happy because this is a, a rare side of him that I get to see on air because I'm used to seeing this off air and he, we always like talking about it and he's just so excited. So this is like the first time I'm glad to see him do this on air. This is, this is how you, this is like you talking about uh, Star Wars. This is, this yeah. Is, you know, like my medium is always going to be like with comics and stuff like mm. that. And, you know, geek TV shows that that's always going to be my medium. Your medium is literal artistry. Mm. You It's literal like mixed medium work and stuff like that. Like that is our passions. And that's what mm -hmm. we do. That's what we love, you know. And, you know, Kiko is one of those people that fall into that category where it's like one. I love I love her style because it does remind me of like the old anime styles and things like that where it's like um like thunderbirds if you will yes i was going to say that just uh, without wires right yeah exactly no wires involved no strings yeah. attached <laughs> right so like those those that's a beautiful inspiration to it but mm -hmm. you like the artistry for for everything that it is and that is to at least from what i can see that is something that we both enjoy when it comes to mm -hmm. mla entertainment <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. And I would have never dreamed when I started my channel that I would take on the role of costume designer. Like I had no clue how to make clothes or sets or anything like that. And it's just kind of cool how by accident you start taking on these different sorts of types of art and mm -hmm. you discover new things that you enjoy. Like I really love every aspect of it. And that's why I like to do it myself is just because it's rewarding when you see that outfit you made on screen or you see that set in the background and you see it all come together it's just oh it's so much fun so one area that i know we clearly missed over music videos okay oh, mla does music videos yes tell us about this talk to <laughs> i because because earlier today i was watching the um the one that sh that is up on the channel uh -huh. um, I, I wish I could share this. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, well, thank you. So like just deep dive into that. Like, yeah, that started off as something that I kind of shared privately with my close friends and family members. I would just mm -hmm. make these music videos on the side. Like I was always doing web series and movies. But uh, yeah, I started off doing the music videos for fun. Mm -hmm. And my family loved them so much that I started putting them up there for everyone to see and yeah I, I sort of invented these alternate identities of real celebrities out there like real pop stars or whatever and I sort of make a miniature version of them and I learned a lot about the art form and what I could do with it through these music videos mm -hmm. they were they were as fun as they were a learning experience and yeah the the last music video I made was probably the BTS music video. Mm -hmm. That might be the one you're referring to. And uh, yes. Yeah, that one was quite a challenge because there's so many members. And yeah, there were lots of different settings. But yeah, that's just it's just another way for me to get my creative 
uh, urges and juices flowing and get them out of my system. Just another way to tell a story. And yeah, it's a lot of fun doing those. I mean, it's all awesome. And I'm like I said, like I'm I'm more than excited to also share your channel and, and just share you as a creative and, and just I'm happy to be talking to you. Like so oh, yeah. You know, law law if you're watching, you've been replaced. <laughs> the word is out. <laughs> Yo, I can see Law right now just going, What? Uh, <laughs> Keko is my new favorite. You can <laughs> Law. Sorry, Law. No, no, Law. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can never. I can never. Always have a special place. Yeah, Loss <laughs> is number one. Loss is number one. Yeah. Uh, so that's like, ah, oh, gee, I, I don't know what else I can say. Like, I feel like I've learned so much. Go, go ahead, Sean. No, because, okay, so one of the things I want to, um, so I believe like you there's an explanation there's a difference between stop motion animation mm -hmm. and the fluid animation that you do with your with your characters. Right. So yeah. have you ever actually thought about doing just the stop motion stuff as opposed to just doing the fluid motions? Oh my goodness. I have mad respect for the people that do stop motion because I do not have the patience again. Mm. I do not have the patience for that. It's just amazing what they can do and I mean, you look at those movies like like Tim Burton and such, and yeah. I just can't even imagine taking that on. That is pure artistry, but uh, yeah, it's something I just personally couldn't do. And uh, that's why I enjoy doing the style I do because it's very similar to live action. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, but you can do anything with the characters. They do their own stunts. They do their own stunts. You don't have to worry about injuries and such. <laughs> <laughs> so that helps. But I, I think it goes back to like owning your own medium. Like once you, I think yeah. I forgot who I asked this question to. I think I asked this to uh, either Sebastian or I asked. You know, I think it's. I think I've asked it to most of the creators who've been on so far. Like, at what point for yourself did you really start to define yourself as one an artist, and two, at what point did you realize the medium that you are doing, that's your medium. So that's a two-part question there. I love that question. Yeah. Because when I first started it, it was, I mean, I created the channel for this one-time show I was going to do. I didn't know this would be what I did. Mm -hmm. And so I guess after each show I released, I just realized more and more how I love this and I want to do it forever. And mm -hmm. so probably about four shows in, I realized this is what I do and I hope I can do it forever. And I guess it's as far as be calling yourself an artist, I've always loved the arts. And so I always considered myself and defined myself as an artistic person, but okay. it wasn't until I had been doing this and working on my channel for years and years. And I just realized, you know, I have a knack for this and I, I really love it that I was like, okay, I guess I am an artist. <laughs> so yeah, once you've gotten a few projects in, you, you finally accept it. <laughs> yeah. And I was talking to somebody about that because I feel like it's a, it's more of a form of self-validation where it's great to have an audience who looks at your work and they're like, you're an artist, you're great. Yeah. But I feel like there's a, a level of self-confidence that comes when you realize for yourself that you are an artist. Um, and, and despite whatever the world might think, whether if they know you, whether if they don't know you, if you have a small following or large, it always comes down to how you see yourself. 
Right. Yeah. And I, I just think that's interesting. And that feeling of being completely confident in your ability, I think mm -hmm. that you know you've arrived to a certain extent. I mean, I mean, as artists, we're all our biggest critics. And so we're all perfectionists. Mm -hmm. But aside from that self-doubt that all artists have, there is a level of confidence that we have in what we can do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another uh, turning point in our careers. When we reach that point where we can trust ourselves mm -hmm. and our abilities, and that's something that I felt for myself probably about four or five years in. And it all kind of happened at the same time. It's like, okay, I am an artist and I think I know what I'm doing here. So, so now creatively, so now I have to ask, because once again, you said something and it triggers something. So I have to ask. Oh, this. Lord. How often do you find yourself lost within your head when it comes to an idea or a project? And what do you do to overcome that? And this is more of a uh, answer because I, I, I know that, there are people who are listening who go through this, you know, on a creative level where you're you're working on a project and you, you just get lost in either the avenue of the idea or how you're going to create the idea. And it really comes down to you just taking a moment, a deep breath, stepping away and say, hey, I need to come out of my head and either just put pen to paper or maybe take a small break and get back to work. But how do you overcome that? I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. And I stay in like a chronic fog of thought. I'm just kind of always lost in the world that I'm working on, uh, but in a good way in that case. Uh, but I would say when you reach that point where it's just nothing's working or you just sort of hit a roadblock, that's when you have to step away and get inspired again. A lot of the times we tend to watch the same sorts of things. And a lot of the times if you've just hit that roadblock, you need to broaden your horizons a bit. And okay. that's, that's why I don't limit myself to any sort of genre or medium. I'm just mm -hmm. open to all of it because you never know where that inspiration is going to strike. So play a game or watch a movie that you've never seen before. And, and sometimes you just step away from your project. Don't even go watch something with the hopes of solving your problem. Mm -hmm. Just step away and open your mind up. And that's when that fresh inspiration will strike and it can get you out of a funk for sure. So I'm it's story time. I'm going to share this because oh, I have I have a really <laughs> weird habit, right? So this is how I get out of my head, right? I know everybody has their own formula. When I'm in my head, <laughs> when I'm in my head, right? And this is this might be the most geekiest thing I say at this point. When I'm in my head and I really need to clear my mind, I go to the four captains. What I mean is, and this is time consuming. Mm -hmm. I will binge watch. Star Trek, TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, as well as Enterprise, just to clear my head and see things from a different perspective. And I don't know why I do this, but, and people could say like, yo, that, why would you do that? That's time consuming to binge watch. And I've done this, I, I think I do this maybe once a year where I will binge watch and then I, I finish watching and I'm like, okay. I feel like I'm back in the creative space to create whatever, wherever I want. But that's just, that's been my outlet. That has been, why are you, why are you have arms folded over there? <laughs> so it's like a palate cleanser for you when you watch all those things. Yeah. And, th and then when I walk away from those, from those, from that, from that particular show, mm -hmm. like I always feel like I learned something new, but I, I, over the years, I realized the reason I do that is I associate 
the writing of the leadership of the captains in relations to how I would make decision making when it comes to myself and things that I want to create. And that's that's a very weird tie in right there. But very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We all have those shows or whatever it is that we sort of draw major inspiration from. Like my Mm -hmm. writing style was heavily influenced by certain shows. And okay. all these years later, even if I'm writing something completely different from whatever that was, it's it sticks with you and it's kind of forever guides you. And yeah. it really helps refresh yourself to go back and yeah. watch those kind of get you back to your roots and why you started everything in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I agree. My inspiration was The Daily Show. So like, hey, that's- yeah. oh, John Oliver. No, that's last week tonight. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about the original Daily Show with John Stewart. Where do you draw um, all your inspirations from, Sean? Um, Like John Stewart, uh, like definitely the Daily Show. I definitely inspired. I'm inspired by anybody who does like the monologues, like last week tonight, um, Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj, um, the Daily Show now with Trevor Noah. All those, like, all those, um, like, comical news pieces yeah. right have always inspired me to do what I wanted to do for the geek related portion of that I love that you know? yeah so like what can I do in the geek community that can be inspiring but still you know comedic but also informative but still you know like out there you know the that's tricky that's, balance yeah yeah so that's something for me that's something that I've always like I've always wanted to do stuff like that. I've always wanted to just like sit in an audience and talk for like 15, 20 minutes, you know, a Ted talk of literally just geek them. Right. We're going to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. So like, that's what inspires me to write episodes, you know, Mm -hmm. for Geektopians. That's what inspires me to create ideas, you know, things like the history of LARPing and me being a part of a LARPing group just to hear, just to understand what it's about. You know, things like um, what we talked about in our very first episode when we talk about bullying, right? And, the, you know, toxic community. You know, that's something that, you know, the geek community, we definitely need to talk about. But I feel like just goes under the wayside, except for very recently now, that is showing up more and more. Uh, I don't think it goes under the I So I don't think the topics that we want to talk about go under the, the wayside. I think it's more of, we're we're in a generation where there's a ton of conversations that need to be happening and it's more of how do you approach it where you're listening to both sides but you're also being as honest as possible and coming with factual information yeah so cuz uh whether if it's a whether if it's a show um or a comic strip you know you're always going to have audience who have their their take and they don't like it um they don't understand it they don't relate to it and it and it's just more of okay you know i get that that audience exists but i'm still a creator and i still want to put out my right. own idea of of, of creation so. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i got you yeah so with that being said keiko do you have any do, do, do you have any questions for us? Yeah, I would we... love to hear more about where we can see you guys' work. And so you're you're an illustrator, an mm-hmm. artist, and Sean, 
does lots of awesome writing. So where can we, where can I find all of your work? Oh, so we're going to plug ourselves on the show. So with, <laughs> this uh, the first, I feel uh, like this is the first time we're literally plugging our own stuff. <laughs> oh no! That's, so as far as comic strip goes, I do a comic strip called Me Myself. Uh, it's called The Things I Don't Talk About. Um, I had recently did a kind of like a throwback post onto my own Facebook account where I was saying to people like, hey, this is some of the comic strips I was doing. And I kind of lost touch. And after several conversations uh, with different people, you know, I decided that I'm going to go back down on the avenue of just illustrating more and putting out a lot of my stuff. Uh, so that people will be able to find on sketchfedstudios.com. It's not up yet, but um, as the pieces are being worked on, I'm going to go back to doing at least a, a piece every two weeks of just my own personal comic strip. So they'll be able to find it there. Um, and then normally when I post on to sketchfedstudios.com, we also post it to the Sketchfed Facebook, Sketchfed Instagram, and I think the two, the Geektopians uh, Facebook, I believe so, and and Geektopians Instagram. Um, I try not to mix certain mediums. Um, you know, normally if I do a com my comic store, I just keep that on the website. As far as filmmaking goes, um, I'm working on some solo projects now, as well as projects with Sean, and that's always going to just end up on the, the, the same channel uh, under Sketchfed, which is this channel. Um, that we do both um, the G's for Geek podcast and we do whatever um, freelance film or internal filmmaking that we do without camera gear. And then Sean can talk about his content. So, um, yeah, so we have the Geektopians YouTube page, right, where we show the Geektopians, Quicketopians, things like that. But also, if you go to Sketchfed Studios, right, and there's a piece there called the, the Geektopians Let's Talk. Right. Something that I started in July where we were talking about just various topics. Um, and I had to even though I had to stop due to health reasons. Right. I'm going to definitely start that up again as a blog, just as a written blog to just talk about things that either we don't talk about in Geektopians or just something simple and quick that I wanted to really just get out there and discuss with the community, you know, in a written form. That would be so cool. So that's oh. that's something that's um, we're working on, yeah. and I actually started working on that. And right now, we're talking about a uh, Colossal Con, which was a, a water park con that I went to back in uh, back in late August. Wow! Yeah, and whenever those, uh, whenever those episodes come out, um, those end up going onto both the website as well as onto the Geektopian channel. And his vlog, I believe his vlog, we post that to all of the, to our Facebook, mostly to our Facebook. Uh, they'll come up as a Twitter link. Uh, I want to put his vlog on Reddit, but, oh God, Reddit. <laughs> Whenever I think of Reddit, I'm like, that Reddit, oh my God, Reddit, Reddit is like a, a, a deep, if, if I thought Twitter was kind of like messy, Reddit is just... It's a whole different form of beast. Oh, it is. It is a lot. It is a lot. You need to, you need to literally settle yourself mm -hmm. in if you're going through a Reddit scroll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and people to me are more critical on Reddit, where they will not just read. They don't. I don't feel like there's conversations. I feel like what it is is it's either it's an echo chamber of either we're team Jacob or we're team Edward. 
in the in 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 the deepest sense possible that either we're in this camp, we're in that camp, yeah. or it's somebody who is will overlook the over context of what you're talking about to try to dissect what you're talking about in order to make a point that doesn't even validate what not only doesn't validate but it talks about something that has nothing to do with what you were talking about so there's mm -hmm. so many there's so oh, oh geez, i can't oh i gotta drink something i just can't <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, Reddit, Reddit, Reddit is a um, it's a rabbit hole of debauchery and you know discontent. That's yeah, that's, I see it. that's the definition. <laughs> Reddit, Reddit, is, Reddit is like that family member that you're like, at first you're excited that they're coming over, and then after like a drink or two, you're like, you gotta go home. You have to, <laughs> you have to leave. It's yeah. yeah. But yes, that, to answer your question, uh, that's where uh, you, as long as well as the Geetopians, and as we grow our channel, those are all the sources that people can find us, learn more about us. Um, I'm constantly coming up with ideas for new stuff for us to work on when we have time and if we can get it out, if it's reasonable, if we have the camera gear and equipment. Not saying that you have to have camera gear and, or, or a large um production studio we just happen to be very blessed with the amount of gear that we have that we can do yeah, things like, on site at home and so forth the beauty yeah. of having the gear is we can travel with it like we can use my my shack area as a studio space if need be we can mm -hmm. use his space if, if need be like it's always never about the location it's about the it's about the work that goes behind it you know right no, yeah no, sometimes mm -hmm. it's about the location sometimes sometimes being in a place that has ac that uh, helps yeah yeah it yeah. helps except for the fact that you got to turn off the ac because it makes too much noise in the background yeah. well that's why if any any studio you're supposed to pre-cool down the studio before you work in the studio because that way when once you turn off the ac it's not like you turn off the ac and the room just automatically goes hot no you you give it a window and then in between filming you turn on the ac when you're not recording when it's more like okay you're doing a script so uh, you might uh, be reviewing the script you might resetting up the shot changing lenses and so forth and so forth but right but yeah 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 what's a lot of fun not so much is when i have to film outside in the summertime and yeah that can be that can be interesting like i think last year or a couple mm -hmm. years ago there was one scene it was episode nine like most of the episode took place outside i think i lost 10 pounds sweating out there it was oh, wow. jesus <laughs> well how yeah. often do you find yourself shooting outside yeah project infinity has been i would say yeah, 70 80 percent indoors thank mm -hmm. goodness but i still when i film outside it's the scenes are usually long and there's a lot of characters involved and so it takes it takes a good amount of time but i've been lucky with this latest project okay. i haven't had to film extremely often outside but in the past over the years uh there's been shows where the majority is outside so oh wow yeah, yeah. And how do you when you when you when you're doing an outside shoot? How do you plan for that? Like, what's the difference between because when you're indoors, you you yeah. normally have a a more controlled setting compared yeah. to when you're outside. So how do you? Yeah, well, sometimes if I'm filming like where I around where I live, 
it's mm -hmm. easier because I can run inside and get what I need. But there's been times where I sort of film on location. Okay. And so I've got to make sure I make a good checklist of everything I'm going to need because it's just not practical to go all the way back to where I keep everything. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty good at planning. So I usually have what I need. And yeah, there was even one time a filming location I was filming at, like I wasn't going to have access to it anymore. The place oh, wow. was like going to be sold. Oh, and wow. so, yeah, I had to spend a couple nights there getting several episodes worth of scenes done mm -hmm. all at once because I wouldn't have access to it anymore. So yeah, there's been scenarios like that. You do what you have to do for the craft. That's, that's all. It really comes down to it. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Man, but, uh, did, it's been a, it's been a very creatively, uh, creatively good episode. Like it's been a hyper episode. That's what we'll yeah. call it. A hyper episode. Yeah, I would say so. Hyper. <laughs> um Keiko, it was great having you on. Uh where can where can the Geektopians find you? Yes, um, well, to all the Geektopians, thank you for supporting uh Charlie and Sean's amazing show and everything they do. And yeah, I would love for you to come check out Project Infinity and the other projects I've got going on. My channel is MLA Entertainment on YouTube, so that's where you can find me. And I'm also on Twitter at MLA underscore int. So yeah, go check me out there. And my podcast and is also can be found on my YouTube. So yeah. I was about it. to ask, are there is it also on the iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify? Yeah, it's on Spotify and yeah, just all the major uh okay. podcast places. So yeah, go so check it out. Keiko's diary. Okay. So we're gonna send you back to the green room and then we're gonna wrap up. And it was awesome having you on. Um, you'll probably start to see comments from me uh, on your videos as I'm like, no, what happened? No. But like, why'd you do this? Why'd you become full anime villain and just kill off our favorite characters? Where's where's season two at? Uh, <laughs> Some very exciting news concerning the future of the show is will be coming very soon. Yeah, Sweet. I need my IV. All right. So let's get it. was great having you on. I'm going to send you to the back. Me and Sean Thank are going to wrap so up. Much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay. Let's let's get this going. All right, Geektopians. Uh, it's just me and Sean here now. Uh, this was a great episode. Yeah, this um, was good. I liked it. Uh, once again, uh, head over to MLA Entertainment on YouTube. Um, check out Project uh, Infinity. Um, and and tell us what you think. Uh, um, comment. Uh, it's it's an awesome medium, um, and I I just think it's original and 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 it's something that once you get into the storytelling, it's definitely something that you can love and make your own. Yeah. So with I agree. That being, I agree. Hundred percent. Percent. Anything you have for the Geetopian, Sean? Uh no, just uh for right now, because you know, we're we're just coming off the lull of New York Comic Con. Mm -hmm. Right? It's just I just have a great one. All right. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Charlie Radio Williams. And this is Sean Luke. And as always, we are out of here. Stay tuned.